Hey everyone, Taylor here, and thanks for listening to the Bonfire Briefing Podcast. My guest today is Tommy Brown III, and he's running for Washington County Commissioner in Indiana as a Libertarian. We wanted to do this episode for weeks, or maybe even months at this point, and boy am I glad we got it done. We talked about his campaign, how he got into politics, fiscal issues facing Washington County, cybersecurity, education, protecting kids, and more. It was a great conversation. I know I had a really good time, and I can't wait to sit down with Tommy again before the election in November, which we definitely will do. Thanks for listening, and hope you guys enjoy. All right, we're good. Tommy Brown, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate you picking me up. Uh, you know, it, it's like I told my last podcast host, you know, we've been trying to do this for about two weeks, and every time we thought we got close, we hit a roadblock. But uh, tonight's the night, so let's do her, buddy. Yeah, tonight is the night, man. Yeah, no, I you know, I, I usually record on weekends, and I, I, I think I remember you saying that during the week was usually good for you, and, you know, then you hit me back up, and I mean, just so happened, you know, I've got some free time, you know, these next couple of evenings. So, I mean, I wanted to get you on because, you know, you would, you know, I, I had seen that you would like some stuff from the podcast in the past. And, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool to, you know, to talk to someone who's actually listened to my podcast before. Uh, you know, I don't know. I've never asked anyone about it, but I, but no, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And I actually, um, it's really cool to talk to you specifically because in my previous two episodes, I talked with uh, with Dan Berman, you know, Dan Taxationist, Steph Berman, and uh, Marco Battaglia, who's running up for uh, lieutenant governor in Iowa. And right. in both of those conversations, you know, like a really big focal point of our discussion was just how important it was to, you know, run for uh, state, local, county level seats and to return the power uh, you know, two people in, in those kinds of positions. So, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting to be talking to someone who is looking to do exactly that. You're running for a County commissioner in Washington County, Indiana. And, uh, I want you to just tell me a little bit about that, man. How, um, how's the campaign been going for you so far? How's, you know, how's life as a candidate? I mean, what's the, what's the whole experience been like for you up to this point? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, man, this campaign has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the, the reaction we're getting has been really, really upbeat. Uh, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate. Uh, this campaign alone, if you count this podcast with you, I have been on 13 podcasts just for this campaign. Wow. You know, the, and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like it's, it's not real at times. It's almost like it's a dream. You know, when, when I started this, this campaign was in its infancy, the night of the results of the 2018 election. Uh, I was sitting at the results and I, I knew we wasn't going to win that night. And I was in the back of my head, I was thinking, okay, that's my target. That's my target. And I told my camp, I told a friend of mine that was sitting right next to me, I was like, that's my target. And I said, I want you as my campaign manager. Three weeks later, he calls me back. He goes, you got me. Let's do this. 
Oh man, that's awesome. What, uh, what, what did you run for in 2018? I actually ran for County Council, uh, as a libertarian in 2018, ran against a guy that, uh, has been a lifelong family friend. Uh, oh, wow. Ben Bowling, uh, Ben Bowling has known me since I was little. And I will tell you straight up that that was probably one of the cleanest races that has ever been ran in Washington County. We did not cut into each other. We did not cut each other down. We stayed on the topics. We stayed on the facts. And I can tell you that was one of the funnest races I've ever been in. Oh, I can imagine it was. What was the what what was the thing that that caused you to to run against him? Just basically, it was a strong disagreement in policy and ideology. Mm-hmm. Once I got into the race, you know that there was just some things going on. In 2018, Washington County got a state mandate that they had to build a new jail, mm-hmm. which at the time. I still don't agree with it. I didn't agree with it then because there's other ways to do stuff. You know, let's, let, let, let's try home incarceration. You know, let, let's, let's reduce the number of marijuana arrests. You know, there, there's things you can do to, to depopulate your jail. Right. Well, I went to the public meeting where they had the proposal to raise property taxes, the the bold-faced lie that is now evident here in 2022, but it wasn't evident there, uh, was that, oh, don't worry about it, the jail will pay for itself. Well, it's, you know, county government is, is not living up to what they said they was going to do. My opponent this time, who is current county commissioner, Stated that night at the 2018 public meeting that, you know, we don't want dialogue with you. We're allowing you to to voice your public opinion, but we're not going to answer any questions. And I'm sitting Mm -hmm. there and I went up for my public comments that night and I asked them, I was like, have any of you went out in your districts and talked to the people about what you're getting ready to do? Now, I had already been told they wasn't taking questions. But, you know, I wanted to throw it back at them because if you go to the founding documents, taxation without representation is null and void. That property tax increase did not have any representation behind it. Yeah, no. And that's um, well, what was the what what was the end result of all that? They got the property tax increase passed. And I'm I'm guessing that that didn't I mean, did that pay for the new jail or are y'all still? Yeah, y'all still dealing with that, I bet. We are a community. We are a county of a little over twenty eight thousand people. We have a property tax based bond debt of over sixteen point eight million. Whoa, we've got poverty rates that are above the state of Indiana levels right now, adult poverty level is up from uh, 12.1 to 13.4. And the 18 and under poverty rate, now this is kids, is up from 17.7 to 18.0. 
And I have heard through some really reliable sources that it might be a little bit higher than 18%. Mm. Uh, They originally had told us that they was going to rent the beds out, bring in prisoners from outside the county that would pay for it. They're not renting the beds out. Now, that's really not in my spectrum for my race. I'm more concerned with the debt and how we deal with that debt going forward. There is a proposed budget on the table right now for 2023 for Washington County. They're asking for $11.9 million. And the only increase that I've heard reported that I agree with is for our EMS director. Right. Yeah, no, that's... um... No, I mean that that well what 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 did you say the current debt was there again just so I can the the pretend. bond the yeah. bond debt alone is over 16.8 million dollars That's insane. <laughs> now, mean, that, when you, how does that happen? I mean I'm just that that's that's ridiculously high. I mean how do you even how do you even get to that point? Well, it's Unfortunately, my opponent is a strong believer in the 1980s practice of tax and spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've, I've said it many times. I'm going to continue to say it until somebody proves me wrong. Uh, they don't know how to manage their money. What they done is they took a large scale project and they budget they they finance part of it at zero percent interest which right there you know that immediately if if you're any kind of person that studies economics that right there for me sent red flags off like crazy when i started digging these bonds are absolutely backloaded with interest and i'm talking interest rates of over three percent Um, 3% on $16 million, uh, we're going to be paying for this jail upwards of into 2039, and the interest rate on those bonds is going to be anywhere between 3.38 and 3.50. I mean, that's that's absurd. So, I mean, how do they... So, I mean, how do they justify wanting a $11.9 million budget that they're proposing now? I mean, how do they, how do they even justify asking for that much money in their budget when they've misappropriated <laughs> so many funds and, and racked up all this debt? I mean, how, how do they even attempt to justify? Well, what, what they would tell you is, is, we don't have to go to the public for nothing. You elected us as our representatives and we are doing what we see fit for the county. My response to that is, I hate to use this word, but you know, I seen it earlier today in the constitution party's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. When, when, when a government decides that they can plunder their people, and get away with it. That's exactly what's going to happen. Um, most of that money will come from 
the state of Indiana. The Indianapolis will have to approve the budget. Mm-hmm. I have lo- I've glanced at the budget a, a time or two. Uh, the article in the paper today, uh, the the local Salem paper. That's where I found out about the uh, pay increase for the EMS director. Uh, it's it's fairly reasonable because now in the state of Indiana, thanks to some law changes, um, there's going to be certain people within EMS that are going to have to file with the DEA because of uh, narcotics. Uh, that that goes back to to the clamp down on narcotics and that kind of stuff, which is is kind of out of my realm. But you know that pay increase I agree with you know we're, we're dealing with higher fuel costs most of the dump trucks and stuff that the county uses all run on diesel you know so you're going to have fewer uh, higher fuel costs but even with a $10,000 raise for the EMS director and a little bit higher fuel costs uh, I would I would venture to say there's probably probably some budget padding going on. Right. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's definitely not hard to imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would, would not be a stretch at all. I, I was wondering if you could tell me um, a little bit more, you know, kind of broadly about Washington County. Cause I, you know, I've never been, you know, I, I, you know, I Googled it here, but you know, before we started talking, but I mean, you, you, are, are you from there, like born and raised or? Yeah, I was, uh, I was born here in Washington County. We are, uh, like I said, we're about, we're a little over 28,000 people. Uh, we, uh, we're situated about 40 miles north of Louisville, Kentucky. And oh, okay. we're situated uh, about 90 miles south of Indianapolis. Uh, we're 20 miles or actually, let me rephrase that. We're 17 miles from I-65, which runs through Scottsburg, Indiana, to the east of us, we're we've got some manufacturing in the county. We've lost quite a bit of manufacturing. Most, uh, you know, there there's quite a few small businesses. Uh, agriculture is really big in, in in Washington County. We have a lot of farmers in in, in the county. And, you know, that those are the ones probably out of all of them that I worry about the most because, unfortunately, my opponent has no insight and he has no foresight on how to reinvest back into the county. You know, uh, hopefully here in a few minutes we can get into the, the, the economic policies that I have set forth. But, you know, that's kind of a, of a, of a basic rundown uh, for any basketball fans that listen to your podcast. Got a little trivia for you. You'll be interested in. Ooh, all right. Uh, one of the uh, coach, one of the head coaches for the university uh, or UCLA, Mr. Everett Dean, uh, was actually born and raised here in Washington County in Salem, Indiana. Uh, so for any any basketball buffs that uh, that know basketball, that name should should resonate. Uh, yeah, Everett Dean is was born and raised right here in Washington County. Uh, we've uh, you know we're we're roughly about forty miles uh, away from uh, Indiana University. So uh, you know we we've got some history. We uh, matter of fact, Abraham Lincoln uh, 
had one of our uh, community members uh, appointed to his staff, uh, Mr. John Hay. Uh, he served in Lincoln's uh, cabinet when Lincoln was president. Well, that's that's pretty cool. The um, the uh, yeah, no, the, the basketball one, I think will definitely uh, that's a good one. The name rung a bell in my head. I couldn't quite place why, but that's that's pretty cool that he's from there. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's uh, let, let's talk about some of those issues. because we, we talked you know very briefly before we started about, you know, some of the top issues for you um, in this campaign. But if you could just, just, you know, just tell me what are some of the issues that you're focusing on in your campaign? You know, what are voters telling you about? OK, well, the first one and probably the most important one, I have been following cybersecurity since uh, 2016 with John McAfee. Mm -hmm. John was a, uh, w w was a huge inspiration to me. And when in 2016, when he ran for president, when he announced that we was in a, we was already in a cyber war that kind of got my wheels spinning. Well, I started researching it and it's absolutely insane of how much of your daily life is consumed by cyber threats. Uh, you know, and in in my campaign here for county commissioner, I've stated it several times that Washington County needs a county commissioner in office, one that understands cybersecurity, but two can bring forth a policy which I have wrote myself that will not only protect county infrastructure and county businesses, but will also protect the citizens of Washington County. And alongside that, we'll educate them. Now, I'm not talking about forced indoctrination or, or anything like that or government-controlled education. Right. I'm talking about a county commissioner that is on social media daily, that has a social media presence, that is willing to share information that will benefit people and keep them safe online. My number one goal is to to keep our children in Washington County safe from online threats. Our kids are vulnerable. And it's not just here in Washington County, that's nationwide. If you go to my Twitter page, which is at Tommy Brown the third number one, you will see a lot of the cybersecurity I follow is based around keeping kids safe. Um, so that's, that's the cyber side of it. We've got to defend our county. Now, if you talk to my opponent about this, he will tell you that can't happen in Washington County. Our border will protect us from that. Huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a very satisfactory answer, <laughs> I will say. Golly, I mean, that's that's all he can muster up in in response to questions about this. Well, okay, when when you are what I would consider the dominant party in the county, um, I guess you can be a little smug. Um, you know, I, 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 I guess that's how you act. But, you know, to me, that's wrong. Um, that's another reason why I'm running is to change the atmosphere within the county commissioner's seat. We have, I've got video proof posted on my Facebook campaign page of 
my opponent using bullying tactics, uh, literally snapping at other elected officials. And I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, you are an elected official of Washington County. The people trusted you to be the high-ranking commissioner, and you're going to go down to the bottom of the road and use bullying tactics uh, to to get something done. Um, I'm sorry, that's that's not that is not how our founding fathers seen elected officials. You're supposed to be a public servant, and you're supposed to be a statesman. Right. Yeah, no. And it just, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it sounds like he thinks he's above all of that for some strange reason, which is why I, you know, I think it is so good that you're out, you know, on social media all the time. I mean, I, I, I see your tweets all the time. I can't, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for people that, you know, you know, live in Washington County and are following your campaign, you know, closer. I mean, you're definitely doing a good job of, you know, staying active and, putting good information out there. Um, I mean, that would, that, that would be a great change of pace, uh, you know, compared to your opponent or even, you know, the rest of the County commissioners that, you know, from what it sounds like, won't even talk to people, take questions from people. That's insane. Well, here's what probably bothers me more than anything is we have a lot of, during the summertime, we can have, if severe weather hits, it sometimes can be pretty, pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opponent re- absolutely will not post any severe weather information, nothing on public safety. And I, you know, maybe it's my background. I spent 20 some, 20 plus years uh, serving uh, both in Washington County and in Lawrence County, Indiana for emergency management. Maybe it's my background. I, I have a heart for public safety. I want to make sure people are safe. And for an elected official to literally just slough it off and think, well, okay, they can fend for themselves. I'm going to stay home and do what I want. That's no, that, that, that's not being a public servant. I'm sorry. You know, somebody, somebody will probably argue with that fact, but if you can't take two minutes out of your evening and share from the national weather service that your County is under a tornado warning, um, why are you serving the people? Right. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. What uh, did you say it was emergency management you worked in? Yes, I was, uh, I started in uh, 1997 and I stepped down uh, January of this year, uh, or no, January of, yeah, January of, of 2022. And I had close to 25 years in emergency management. And I learned a lot when, when I was there. That's that's probably why I'm so adamant about that is because I spent 25 years doing it. Um, again, you know, public safety has to be a high priority especially when you are an elected, supposedly an elected public servant. Right. And, you know, you, you know, you, you talk a lot about um, public safety and you, and you mentioned it was cybersecurity too. I, I want to touch back on that just for a second. Cause, uh, cause I, cause I'm not a, 
you know, I'm not a cybersecurity expert, um, but I, I was wondering, you know, could you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the issues that, um, you know, that are facing Washington County or, you know, something like that, as far as cybersecurity is concerned and like, you know, what threat that poses to people that live in the county, especially kids. Okay. Um, let's, let, let's start with, with business and, and go, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Every business that's online and, and to some point, even, even citizens right now, there is, there's two threats out there that are legitimate and they can literally bankrupt a business, an individual or a small County. The first one is ransomware. That is where they put a ransom against all of your computer information. The average cost of a ransomware attack right now, as of about two weeks ago, is over $640,000. Holy shit. That's a, good, that, that's a good reaction to that. That's probably one of the most controlled reactions I've heard. <laughs> um, so when you take and you put that in perspective, so if a small county gets hit with a ransomware, they don't, and you know, you're going to hear arguments either way. Do you pay the money? Do you not pay the money? Right. My thought is, is let's get a policy together. Let's help the businesses, the doctor's offices, the hospital, the individual and the kids. Let's make sure that, you know, there's, there's steps in place to keep them as safe as we can. Now, are we going to stop it completely? The honest answer to that is no, but having a policy in place and working with state and local officials to bring that to fruition is going to be a lot better than what we are doing now. I will say that I have to give our governor, Mr. Eric Holcomb, Mm -hmm. I got to pat him on the back a little bit. Uh, Earlier in 2021, I do believe it might've been even this year, uh, Indiana National Guard activated a cyber unit uh, for the Indiana National Guard. Should I be elected to commissioner, I want to contact the commander of the Washington County unit here in, in our county. And I want to work with them, kind of give them a little extra practice, uh, bolster them a little bit, get them out there in the news media. But at the same time, add another layer of security for Washington County and the people of Washington County by saying, hey, look, your local guard unit is helping your county commissioner defend you and educate you. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the education is is crucial, I feel like. I mean, if you can't if you I mean, if you have elected officials that are not educated on cybersecurity, how could they even begin to to craft policy that would defend their constituents? They they can't. No, you're absolutely right. You, you can't. Now, the other threat that is out there, it's, uh, it's fairly new. Uh, it came out last, late last year. It's called extortionware. Mm. And this one kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, you get hackers that dig up dirt or make it up, either one. Um, and they basically extort money from you or else they release the information. Now, it same thing, same rule applies that applies to ransomware. 
The money is no guarantee. Even if you pay the money, they could still do it. Right. Now, when I was on uh, Tim O'Connor's podcast Saturday, he's like, you know what? He goes, some of the dirt that's come out on these elected officials, it doesn't seem to hurt them. I think I'd welcome it. It would make me more popular. I'm like, Tim, you really don't <laughs> want to do that, brother. But, uh, you know, and okay, so so we've covered that. Now, now let's focus on the kids. So look how often kids are online, just when they're at home, just when they're at home. Oh, we're yeah. getting ready. To, we, we are getting ready to start another school year. What guarantee does parents have that the schools are up to speed on cybersecurity? Yeah, I know they've got things in place. Okay, that's great. But I've always been taught when you stop learning, you stop living. <laughs> and I cannot as a, one, as a human being, two, as a legitimate political candidate, I cannot sit back and say, oh, well, you know, kids will be kids. You know, you got to let them learn. No, it, the kids are our future. And if if they are terrorized on uh, in the cyber world mm-hmm. and, you know, we might as well face it. Cyber is going to be the future. It already is here. There's not anything you hardly do that you're not touched by cyber. Um, you know, we, we've got to start educating them at a young age. I'm thinking, you know, if we can get the schools to do it, I'm thinking starting like third or fourth grade and increase that in, that curriculum as they progress. My ultimate goal is to have one senior class while I'm in office work with me hand in hand to help defend the county. Now, you, if you tell me that's absurd, I'll believe it. But I think that would be a really uh, a real big feather in the cap for any senior class. Um, and it would be a pat on the back to the future of Washington County. And it would give the youth a feeling of belonging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I, you know, I like how you're thinking about, you know, incorporating it into the the curriculum, you know, when they're younger, uh, they always said that about foreign language, right? Like it's easier to, it's easier for a kid to learn foreign language. If, you know, you started a little earlier, I think the same is probably true about cybersecurity. You know, you, you start teaching them this stuff when they're young and, you know, they'll, they'll know what to look out for and how to stay safe. And I mean, you know, like you said, it would just be a, I mean, a great overall skill for them to have. Um, we, we actually got hit with the, with the zoom timer, uh, a couple of minutes back, we've got about six minutes left before it, uh, closes out on us. I, I wanted to give you the last couple of minutes because you mentioned it, economic policy. Um, you know, it, it might, it might have to be an abbreviated version of what, what you might give, but could you, could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of the economic policies that, that you're thinking about? And, um, okay. Um, yeah. r- just real quick. We have got to invest in jobs of tomorrow. We've got to build up our small business. As Ross Perot said in 1992, it's really simple, guys. You grow your job base. It grows your tax base. That's more revenue in the kitty. And that that releases some of that pressure to raise taxes. 
we've got to also make positive effect upon our farmers and our agriculture. And we've got to start to think about moving to what I call an eco economy. We've got to be more ecological uh, aware. Uh, there, there's a lot of good things out there that are coming. You know, solar is a really good renewable energy. Uh, hydrogen fuel is the future. And, you know, this country needs to revert back to what got it started by growing hemp. So that's kind of a really blunt overview of the uh, economic policies. But uh, if anybody contacts me via Twitter, via Facebook, I'll be glad to explain it to them in full. Yeah, man, I've uh, I've really appreciated our conversation. I, I think uh, we might have to do it again. Felt like we were just scratching the surface on some stuff. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I knew from, you know, when we were talking before, I, I knew it'd be a good episode, man. Just, you know, in the final mo- uh, minutes here, just want to give you an opportunity, you know, let people know when your election is, um, how they can vote, any other stuff you want to plug, a website, your Twitter handle, anything like that. Just go ahead and throw it all out there. All right, guys, the election is November 8th, 2022. I need thousands of you to show up and vote here in Washington County. You can check my campaign out on Twitter at Tommy Brown the Third number one, or if you're on Facebook, just simply type in Tommy Brown the Third for County Commissioner District Two, 2022. It's a public group. Feel free to join. I need support, and I always need help. And uh, man, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Th- this has been a blast, and uh, we're definitely going to have to do this again before November. Hey, I'm game. Let's do it. Uh, Tommy Brown, thanks for coming on the show, man. I've, I've loved it. It's been awesome. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. See ya. Right, bye-bye. Hey, everyone. That was my conversation with Washington County Commissioner Candidate Tommy Brown III. I had a great time, and I'm glad Tommy enjoyed being on the show, too. This is definitely an episode we're going to have to run back at some point before the election in November. We talked about so many different issues facing Washington County, a place that I admittedly was completely unfamiliar with beforehand. I'm wishing Tommy the best of luck on the campaign trail, and if you live in his district, which is District 2 in Washington County, Indiana, be sure to vote for Tommy Brown III. You can check him out on Twitter at TommyBrownIII3 and uh, learn more about him. Speaking of Twitter, if you enjoyed that episode, be sure to follow at Bonfire Brief Pod so you don't miss future episodes like this one. Thanks for watching.